0: Hello and welcome to episode 114 of the Live to Walk Again podcast. My name is Jeremy Dixon, your host as always, and with me today, Ricardo Benavides. Ricardo, hey, say hello to the People.
1: Hey, hello, everybody out there.
0: So Brandon, uh, Brandon's doing his best to lose the co-host of the year award this year, so he, he's not with us today. No, nope, he's nope. busy. He's, he's got, busy. Yeah, he's got stuff going on. We're yeah. just joking. Uh, it was just his birthday though the other day, so wish wish Brandon a happy birthday. He's a big four zero. Oh my God! Doesn't, doesn't look a day over forty five. Nope. So yeah, yeah, he's needs, holding up well. Doing well, doing well. <laughs> just needs to maintain that for a few more years, and it'll be good. Um, yeah. So, uh, Ricardo, we're uh, you can listen to this podcast anywhere podcasts are played. if, if everybody could. You know, like, rate, review, share, all that good stuff. We would definitely appreciate it. Uh, but yeah, we have a we have a great show today. Yeah, we do. Super yeah. excited. We have yeah. uh, uh, Bri- Brianna Wheeler was my guest this week. I had a great conversation. We we, we talked for over an hour. Probably yeah. could have talked for yeah, a yeah. lot longer. And I didn't think you know listening back to it um, editing, I didn't think it even. I mean I, yeah I did There was no
1: it, dull moments no it was leg, engaging the it. whole time yeah. and um it's like her story is like watching a caterpillar metamorphose into a butterfly Yeah it's uh, Yeah yeah
0: she's yeah she's she's incredible yeah. Yeah. for sure and and like just in has an infectious laugh and is so you uh, just charming like she's really like I I really enjoyed talking to her and yeah. and uh Getting to, to know her a little bit, and I'm glad that she was willing to come on the show and kind of open up about well, that's, her life.
1: Yeah that's, what, yeah, that's what's really amazing about... Well, a lot of your guests, right? They are very open about what's going on and what happened to them. And then um, what I really particularly liked about this one, except I can kind of relate to this because my uncle just passed away a little bit, is the grief that you go through when you lose your life and are still alive. I mean, right. it was... Uh, Really interesting to listen to that um and the letters to yourself and then right. the, and then the letter to your new self right right letter, you know?
0: letter to your able-bodied self yeah. and a yeah. letter, letter to your newly injured self. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. yeah yeah and then the fact you know she touched on it a little bit about how you know your friends and a lot of your guests have talked about this is that you know while you're in the hospital and stuff there's all this attention there's even some attention while you're going through rehab, but then real world hits you, you know, and uh, she reached in and got that inner, inner strength, you know? So, you know, where you get angry at the world, you know, and you go through a grieving process and, uh, but incredible story.
0: Right. Yeah. I, you know, and I can, I can relate. I mean, anybody, I'm sure that most people that have, have suffered this injury can relate to, um, cause it's not something you're born with. It's not like, this isn't like a, uh, you know, something you deal with your whole life. So it's just, it's like a sudden in- instantaneous change that, I mean, changes your life forever. Cause like, regardless, if I could walk again tomorrow, I'm still going to live with the last 23 years of right what I've had to go through yeah. and, and yeah. the knowledge of that. And the, the, I, I guess the, what do you want to call it? just, just the perspective of, of knowing what that yeah. life is like. So,
1: um, yeah. And speaking of perspectives, I mean, you know, the, the hardships that you go through, the things that you have to be aware of all the, uh, you know, uh, dietary changes, uh, the drinking that, you know, the medications, the fact with having to be open to people who are caregivers, who are total strangers coming into your lives, Right. you know, and I could see that being particularly hard, uh, for women. Right. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, and then somewhere in there, she talked about you know people that um, come in and uh, troll them, right? <laughs> people that are in wheelchairs. God. I was a little shocked Devo- at that.
0: Devo- <laughs> devotees or devotees or yeah. something like that—they yeah. call them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, it was shocking. I watched because, yeah. like, to get ready for the interview, I went went back. So she is a, a host on Live to Roll, which a uh, you know, friend of the podcast, Sean Fluke. Uh, he, we had him on a while back and he does an amazing show, um, had, he had her on early on in his, on his show and decided like we need a a women's show. And so twice a month they do a women's show. Uh, I want to say it's the first and third Thursday, but I'll put it, I'll put it in the notes, uh, just to be sure. Um, the, and, and a link to the, a link to their, their, uh, their YouTube show. But he, you know, she does amazing work, and so I went back and I wanted to watch a couple of these episodes just to kind of get some questions for her and, and see how she conducts her interviews. and And they, it's not really an interview show; it's more of just kind of a, a, a roundtable type thing, and they discuss different topics. And one of them was de- devotees, and it was with Ashley and Nikki, who are friends of the podcast, and. Uh, and, and, another young lady that I still can't remember her name. Like I, yeah. I, I'll have to look back and I'll put it in the notes, but, um, and they were talking about, yeah, how guys are coming at them. Like, and, and I was actually in, uh, you know, in the, in this video, I, and I, I mentioned it in the podcast that I was on Nikki's Instagram live. Cause I like to, if I see anybody that's been on the podcast that I'm friends with on Instagram and they go and they're doing a live, I'll always just like pop in, say hello, like yeah. show some support um and in this in this uh instagram live video this guy just kept asking nikki for pictures of her feet and i'm just like what like everybody's like dude stop yeah she said no like what the hell's wrong with you leave her alone and it just i couldn't imagine having to deal with that on a daily basis on top of dealing with a spinal cord injury it's just crazy
1: yeah yeah exactly so yeah
0: they're uh yeah women in this situation have a hell of a lot yeah. more to deal with than yeah. men do
1: and it reminded me of um angela rockwood's story you know now the sexual assault and yeah. stuff you know and it was like oh my god yeah
0: you know you don't even think of you wouldn't yeah. like any sane person wouldn't even think of that right you know like that they, that they would have to go through that but the internet's a dark place man and yeah <laughs> Well, I mean, the world is. The yeah, world is. The yeah. world is.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, but, um, you know, her story is um, not like yours, you know, a, a car accident. It was a gunshot accident. Yeah. And I don't want to get too political, but something definitely needs to be done with our gun laws. Right. Yeah. So, um, you know, uh, it's, it's sad that uh, people that shouldn't have guns have them and that she had to suffer the consequences of that. Right. One of the other things I really liked about her uh, story was that um, she got this accident because she wanted to help her family. Right. You know, and um, and I think that just, you know, is a testimony to her character. Right. Because there's not enough young people out there that I see, you know, willing to go and help family members. I mean, she uprooted her whole life. Moved uh, her boyfriend out there with her to Arizona. And I think that was pretty incredible. It takes a lot of courage to, you know, do that and take care of your uh, grandmother.
0: Yeah. yeah. You know? Yeah, absolutely. That, that's amazing that she was willing to do that, pick up her life, you know, put, put school on pause for a minute. Yeah. Um,
1: now, did she go back to school?
0: I, you know, I should have asked her that. Okay. I will find out, though, and, uh, yeah. and report back for the next episode. But yeah, you know, I I, I think that this inter- I I'm proud of this interview. I don't usually say that too much, but uh, I think this was a really good one. Yeah, and you know, I'm I'm super appreciative of, of Brianna for coming on the show and well, talking you know, to us.
1: I learned a lot on every one of your interviews that you have, Jeremy. I think one of her things where she's talking about um, where she's at uh, meeting other people that she can see eye to eye with because they're all in wheelchairs. Mm -hmm. and it was like god dang i never even thought about that you know um you're used to being walking around and talking to people but now you know you're kind of back in this situation where you're not even um you're an adult but you're like a child now because you have to look up to everybody right yeah
0: well and you know i remember dr uh chris mccullough he you know is a doctor a pediatric doctor and he's in a wheelchair and so he he does have a, one of the wheelchairs he can stand up at to do surgeries but also you know a lot of times he'll be just sitting down in his wheelchair like normal and he, you know he said it's almost easier to be able to relate with the children oh yeah uh, from from the um from from his wheelchair because he's eye to eye with them so right. i thought that yeah. that made a lot of sense too but yeah Yeah, well, uh, let's get to let's get to the interview, Ricardo, and and we'll talk to you guys on the other side of it. Sounds good, Chair. This week on the Live to Walk Again podcast, we are super excited to speak with Brianna Wheeler. Brianna is a true triple threat. She's an actress, a model and a host of the Live to Roll show on YouTube. Brianna, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for joining me.
2: Thank you so much for having me. I'm so, so excited to be here and to talk to you. Um, yeah. Thank you for having
0: awesome. me. Awesome. Yeah. Um, I, I feel the same way. You know, so for anybody who doesn't already know your story, can you, you tell us a little bit about how you were injured and when that happened?
2: Let, let me start with the short version. I know we always have those short and long versions. My story is like one of those long... um you know, ones that have a lot of different factors. But basically, I was wrongfully shot almost six years ago. It's going to be six years in March. Um, I was sitting inside of my car and somebody got inside of the back of it and a gun went off behind my seat. And that's how I was injured. I became a T12 through L5. The bullet is stuck in my spine at T12 and the fragments have fractured different parts through L1 and L5. Um, they were not able to take the bullet out because of the location in my spine. So they had to leave it in, unfortunately, um, which causes me tons of pain and nerve damage, which um, is a part of that spinal cord journey, you know?
0: (laughs) No kidding. Wow. So uh, like, how did, I mean, did you lose consciousness when you got shot? Um, Like how, how did like the the aftermath of that and, like, I guess getting to the mm-hmm. hospital and figuring out that you were paralyzed, like, what, what was that whole Okay, so we're life?
2: going deep. We're going deep. Okay. <laughs> so, what happened was I did not lose conscious at all. I was awake for the whole entire thing, um, which, you know, is brutal um, to have those memories. You know, sometimes I wish I could have forgot. But then I talk to people that have forgotten and they're kind of just like, well, I wish I would have at least remembered how I got injured, you know, um, I think it's just one of those things we always wish that we could have the other thing, you know, we always think, you know, the grass is greener on the other side, unfortunately, but um, I do remember so. A little bit of background I moved to Arizona um to help my grandma she was having hip surgery and got diagnosed with lung cancer and there was nobody else in the family to help her so she asked me to go um to Arizona at the time I was in California I was enrolled in Cal State Dominguez Hills at a four-year university I was the first in my my family to go to college and I had an apartment and a car and a whole life here in California and I decided you know um let me take a couple months off and let me go home. My grandma, you know, I'm probably going to regret these moments if I don't spend them with her. And I debated and debated with my boyfriend and we finally decided to pack our stuff and to go out there. We were out there for about three or four months. My boyfriend had gotten a job and he found a co cool worker out there that was kind of into the same things that we were and was about our age. And, um, you know, just like that, there's a lot of older people around in that town and, Every single day, I would pick them up from work, and we would go in front of the co-worker's house, and we would hang out for about maybe, like, an hour or two until his parents got home, and then we would go home. It was just a daily thing for those four months that we did. This night um, was really different. It was getting close to the time that we were getting ready to leave, but a guy started walking down the street, and he knocked on my window, and the guy in the back recognized him from a previous, like, Um, mutual friend like they just had a a once meeting they weren't like really friends or anything like that he rolled down the window and the guy said that he wanted a cigarette kind of jittery kind of um frustrated about a previous situation he had gotten into like a fight with his boyfriend his sister's boyfriend and so all of this, you know, is leading up to me being like, yeah, I really don't want this guy in my car. But, you know, putting yourself in my shoes, I am new to the city. Like, we are the only ones with a car. Oh, I'm in Buckeye, Arizona. So it's not a big city. It's very spread out apart. It wasn't um, a, a abnormal for people to get into my car because I was meeting people all the time. You know, we would right. just be driving down the street. The co-worker had grew up there. So he knew everybody there. And so he was always introducing us to his friends. So it was no big deal. You know, it's not like one of those moments where I'm like, halt, you know, you cannot enter my vehicle, you know, it was just kind of like a chill moment. So I was just like, uh. Oh, so the guy was like, let me get in the car. I don't feel comfortable right here. You know, he was kind of pushing Um, the issue, which is a little bit hard for me in my story because I never really got the full explanation of what he was thinking in his head. I don't know if he was getting in the car to rob us. I don't know if he was getting in the car just to finish conversation. I don't know if he was on drugs. I don't know really the rest of the story. Um, I can only speculate and and tell you my side, you know. Um, So he got in. He was only in my car for about two minutes maximum and the gun goes off behind my seat. When the gun goes off behind my seat, I kind of just scream and I look at my boyfriend and me and my boyfriend look lock eyes and I could just see it in his eyes that something wasn't okay. At that moment, I still didn't even really understand that I was shot. I, I didn't understand if like a car hit us from behind. Um, the nerve damage was instant. So I felt electricity all throughout my body and that um, I knew something was wrong. They all hopped out of the car and when they opened up my door, my foot was on the rest pay- plate and it fell out. And I realized at that moment, I couldn't pick up my foot.
0: Oh my um,
2: gosh. So that's what the moment that I really realized that something was wrong. Um, I don't think I fully grasped the idea of being paralyzed. Um, I just knew something was wrong. The guy was freaking out. Um, he didn't want us to call the cops. He um, was screaming. I, I don't really remember like the words that were going on. Um, My boyfriend was not okay, you know? And I kinda, this is the craziest part that everybody freaks out because I literally did not shed one tear. I was super calm and collective and just like, you guys need to focus. Like, if you guys don't call the cops right now, I'm going to die here. That's gonna be a bigger situation. So let's get a move on this, you know? And um, I kind of give that credit to God because I feel like I grew up as an older child raising my younger brothers and my cousins and I just have that kind of when something crazy is going on I want to make sure everybody else is okay and I feel like that really really saved me it helped keep my blood pressure the way it was supposed to I'm anemic I bleed like crazy and they were able to stop the bleeding which don't know how that happened Wow! Uh, another really crazy part about it is that I had a matrix, which, and not a lot of people know that car, but the passenger seat folds down into a table, so there's like a hard part on the back of the seat, and that really saved my life as well, because the gun so close to me, they didn't understand how it just got stuck in my spine, because it should have went bouncing around my body, which would have caused internal organ damage. Um but yeah, it hit that first and it hit my spine and it got stuck inside of that. So I got super lucky um, for that as well.
0: Wow. Um, So how long did you end up, I mean, did they, you said they weren't able to remove the bullet. So were they able to, did they have to do, um, you know, like a, like secure your spine? Did they like a fusion or anything or? So they
2: weren't able to remove the bullet. So I, at the first moment was like, my thought was get me into the hospital, get me into the surgery room, get this out of me, get me fixed. I was very, very focused on this. Um, And when they told me that I, I, that they weren't going to remove the bullet, you know, I, I was still in shock, I think at that moment. So let me rewind a little bit. I was inside the hospital. I was inside the ambulance and um, It's it's a middle of nowhere. These people never get these injuries. Like there's no gunshot, you know, victims. Like maybe for a whole like two years, you know. Like these people are all trainees. You know, there's like I think they had like two other trainees there. They notified me that that there was trainees. I was like, okay, fine. Only because let me give credit to Grey's Anatomy. I'm a big Grey's Anatomy fan, and in Grey's Anatomy, they are teachers in the hospital. And so I was like, okay, fine. You know, this is. (laughs) <laughs> this is the way it's supposed to be like let them learn whatever the heck um I went into the ambulance I was talking like crazy because I was like if I hear myself talk I know I'm alive um also it was hard for me at that point I could see everybody's faces that I was not okay um I heard it's gotta be
0: scary like looking yeah
2: at yeah for sure like they were looking at like that's something that I'll never forget even in the hospital, the way that my family was looking at me, like they were mortified. They, I could see the pain in their face and I'm getting goosebumps just thinking about it. Cause you know, I didn't really think about that for so long after my injury, like, you know, for years afterwards, I didn't really think about what they were going through in that moment, but to rewind back, it, it was definitely hard. I actually had to call my mom in the when I was still in the car before the ambulance got there and I told her I had gotten shot and she was like, what do you mean by who? And I was like, I don't even know. Like, (laughs) I have no details for you lady. I'm sorry. This is all I got. And I was like, you know, like just trying to calm her down. And I was just like, mom, I just want to tell you, I love you. Like, I love you. And you know, she was just crying. She told me she loves me. And that's when the ambulance got there. So all that is recorded, um, on the camera, of the cops that were right there. And actually during trial, I had to watch all that
0: footage back. Wow, it, so what like, So what happened to the guy that shot you? Did he end up going to jail for a while? Yeah. Still in jail?
2: So at the beginning, I, um, I didn't know what happened. I didn't understand what was going on. So I wasn't really cooperating with them, but afterwards I like came to terms with my injury. They knew exactly who it was. So this guy was a troublemaker. I found out that he was a nine-time felon. I found out that he was, you know, abusive to his family and that he was not supposed to have a gun and he was just not a good person. And those are my decisions in overall fighting to go to trial because I was like, I wanted to give up so many times. Like people who haven't gone through a trial don't understand how emotionally and physically draining that was and then I had a flight to Arizona to do it too I was I was defeated but the only thing that kept me going was like what about if I don't fight and this guy gets out tomorrow and he does the same thing you know um so yeah I I had he ended up getting 13 years for it yeah and I had to fight for that I had to go through two trials the first trial I actually lost uh, because they he raised so much doubt in the jury's mind as to it being the co-worker so his story um is that he has no idea who we are he has no idea who any of us are he was never there at the situation and he's saying that it was the co-worker that did it and that we're just trying to find somebody to blame it on basically that's his story which is wow. so frustrating to me it's infuriating to me because i'm like that's not what happened <laughs> and if yeah. it was the coworker like i even told the cops like check to see um where it came from i want to know like so they did a test where they stuck like a pole through the hole and you could tell the diagonal of where it came from so there was no possible way it was a coworker and so basically they were just trying to make it seem like you know we were against the system and trying to blame somebody that wasn't and And they raised enough doubt in the jury's mind to be like, we don't really know who could have pulled the trigger. Like, we don't know. Mm -hmm. And I had to go, so I had to go through two like brutal ass trials. um, And the second one I won, which was him having the gun and him being there and like us just being like super specific in our details and just making sure that we didn't raise any doubt in the jury's mind. And um, it was really hard. I actually had to write a letter to the judge too. And I just basically said, no matter what, at the end of this, he gets to walk out of here. Like,
0: <laughs> that's a that's definitely a good perspective to put on it to to try to you know make the judge understand what what exactly you know like what what you're dealing with now. You know, that's that that's just tragic. I'm so sorry, and too bad he didn't just accept responsibility and you
2: know. I even said that personal. too in my letter. I was like, honestly, my heart is so big. If he would have went a different route in this. I know a thousand percent this letter would have been different. I know myself. I know how understanding I am. I have family who has been in jail. I I understand that. I feel for him. I do. But you're you're not being straight up. You're not saying I'm sorry. You're not caring. You're just an ugly person. Like he literally has like devil horns tattooed on his head. I mean, like what else can I say? About oh that?
0: man. Yeah. I'm so sorry, Brianna. That that's terrible, but. Uh, so, you know, uh, how long, I guess with, with having the gunshot, um, how long did they send you to like rehab to learn how to, you know, use a wheelchair and, and do all these things? Um,
2: yeah. That... So rehab was super short because I didn't have insurance at the time. Um, and then I was just like in a random place, you know? Um, so they kept me into rehab for 21 days. I was in a That's... rehab.
0: Oh my God. Yeah. That's all That's crazy. <laughs>
2: I was in a rehab where I was the only one paralyzed there was like only like older people with like falls and stuff like that they taught me you know the essentials basically I feel like now looking back they taught me like you know a b and c what they're supposed to like supposedly teach me but it it put a really it was really hard for me not to be able to like understand because basically with this injury you don't know until you know you know so I didn't meet anybody in a wheelchair but they sent me home in a hospital wheelchair like they they didn't give me any information they didn't teach me how to do bowel care by myself they didn't like do a lot I didn't know about pressure sores they kept me laying on my side the whole time I was there uh, on one side so I thought it was okay which caused a huge pressure sore issue the the place where you go to rehab which i've learned in this community unfortunately matters so much to how your recovery goes
0: i, I would i would say that that's very true just for from all the people i've talked to doing this this podcast it's it's, uh, you know, you definitely hear some people have great experiences and then some people like you just mentioned, like, you know, like what you've had to deal with is just, you know, they have terrible experiences and, and don't come out equipped with, with the knowledge that, that we need at, at that point, you know, especially like transitioning back to the real world mm-hmm. or, you know, whatever our new normal is, it's so, super tough without, you know, having bad information or not enough information. So mm-hmm.
2: um, yeah, definitely. yeah heartbreaking it's definitely heartbreaking when you think about like how many people they let fall through the cracks yeah
0: exactly it's it's tragic really um you know so you you mentioned that you were having to fly back to phoenix um for the trial so uh i'm assuming you went back to to la or to southern california after after you got out so Mm -hmm. what was that transition like i guess moving back um to another you know back to california where you were from and
2: that was how. that was literal how. Um, I flew back the day after I got out of rehab. And as you know, as a wheelchair, user, you're flying already, is not the funnest thing to do, you know? Um, you have to learn a lot of tricks before you can really be comfortable, you know, going and flying and being direct. I still didn't know how to be like, um, stand up for myself and um, be assertive, you know? I was in a huge hospital chair like it was just a bad all the way around I had a major nerve damage like they caught they call it um severe hypersense severe hypertension is that what it's called <laughs> hypersensitive there you go hypersensitive severe wow. hypersensitive um and my legs just are on fire 24 7 it was when I first got injured I couldn't even have the blanket on my legs they had to like put pillows on the side of me and then put the blanket over me because I was in so much pain. Um, So being on the plane and it just jumping nonstop was just how, you know, Um, I got to California where my aunt um, was paying for a hotel for me and my boyfriend to stay in, which was great at the beginning. We didn't have anywhere to really go. Um, One of the hardest parts about this was I was very independent before my injury. Very. Like I said, I had my own place. I was, you know, in school. I was the reliable one. I was the one that they called when something was wrong. So now what? How do I, you know, turn around and rely on unreliable people and and have to, you know? Me and my boyfriend were only together for about a year before that. Like we didn't even have like that deep of a connection. Like I've seen people now that have been together 10 plus years and have trouble with injuries. So for us, it was so hard. He was showering me, transferring me, doing bowel care for me, everything. And we were just stuck in those four walls. It was how, um, and then not only that, but I wasn't okay in my head. I didn't know any wheelchair users. I didn't know anything about this. I thought God hated me. I was very angry at God. And I was very angry at my life and I did not understand why I was alive. And um, the medical system, the Medicare system and trying to get the right medicine and trying to get doctors organization, how so traumatic to even have to learn how to go through that. And to this day, it's so sad for me to look newly injured people in the eyes and just be like, yeah, I'm sorry. no, that part doesn't get better unfortunately you know just dealing with this system that's supposed to help us that we're supposed to turn to isn't there and then in the beginning i was like i'm paralyzed like what's worse than being paralyzed you know but they, they didn't care very much
0: <laughs> yeah no i think i think all of us go through like some form of that um you know like you mentioned like being mad at god or you know blaming like not understanding why and why am I still alive, all that sort of thing. And it's, yeah, because I mean, this is not, this is no joke. I mean, being, having this injury is, uh, is, uh, I mean, yeah, it's hell, like you said, but it's just how mm-hmm. you, it's how you, I guess, go for, move forward mm-hmm. from it, you know? And that, mm-hmm. that's one of the main things, uh, main reasons I wanted to talk to you because uh, I know your, you know, your social media presence um, is so inspiring and, um, you know, you're really, you're really on the forefront, I think, of, of you know, advocacy for, for the disability community, which is amazing. And, yeah, you know, how did you transition, I guess, from that, you know, being so depressed and, and, you know, wanting to know why you even were still alive to what you're doing now and, and you know, the amazing impact you're having, especially on women in, in this, uh, dealing with this injury.
2: Thank you so much. You just like made my heart smile. Um, cause that's what it's all about, you know, and it feels so good to be recognized, um, for yeah. doing something so simple, but something that I enjoy and is such a big part of my life. Um, yeah. So it basically started with, um, me looking online. I just started like feeling so sorry for myself and being like, is there anything out there? I randomly clicked on, um, I, ha- I don't even remember the app, but I had this app that downloaded like different shows and different movies and different stuff that like isn't like on, the, um, you know, for the public or whatever, um, on cable. And I think I must have typed like wheelchair or something because Push Girls came up, the show Push Girls came up oh, yeah. and I started watching that. And I i broke down because I was like, you know, like, is this possible? Like that's the first time I realized it, it, it was possible. Like. I had this one perception of life and how it's supposed to be and how now without the use of my legs, I'm useless. And without the use of my legs, I can never be independent again. And I'm ugly and I'm disgusting. And why am I alive? And all these negative things. And here, these are beautiful women striving in life, being bosses, being dancers, wearing heels, going out, going to bars, driving, doing all these things. And I was like, you know, I'm a fighter like this seems like a challenge almost at this point like and I just I lit up I I started researching I started wanting to do more for myself I started listening to their stories and their words and I started wanting more um like you said we all ask why and that's one of the hardest things to get over I sat in that bed and asked why a million times. I replayed that day a million times. I looked at old pictures and cried a million times and it didn't do anything but brought me down into negativity. And here was this show and this possibility of all this future in life that was lighting up my heart for the first time in so long. At that point, I was so broken. I was so broken. Um, I've lost friends. I've lost family. I've struggled. I've had pressure sores. I've had to deal with all these things. And um, yeah, just lit that little that little light for me. Um, So that's how I started diving in. I found the Rolettes. I found out that they were so close. They were in LA, like what this whole community of people, like right down the street from me, like the abilities expo was coming up. And I was like, I need to go to this abilities expo. Like I had no idea what it was, but I felt determined to go there. And, um, Finally, I found a ride. So I I had three people cancel on me, and I was just like, "This is the devil." I'm very religious at this point. I um, feel like you know, I'm still angry at God, of course, but I had a relationship with him before, so I have this you know belief, this hope in my heart, you know, that maybe something could happen. I go there, I meet them, and it's a little overwhelming. I don't know if you've ever been to the Abilities Expo, but it's um- no, it's pretty overwhelming for a newly injured person, you know, or somebody that's never been, cause it's just like a million wheelchair users, a million people everywhere. And I was like very overwhelmed. But the first station I went to, um, because my dad liked one of these guys um, motorcycle that could ride a wheelchair, basically there's a part for his wheelchair. And my dad was like, oh look, I could ride the motorcycle and you could be here. On it. And I was like, no, that's not it's what it's good. for, you know? Um, so he started a conversation and he was like, yeah, my daughter's injured. Anyways, they brought he was friends with the rollouts. They brought me to the rollouts table. Oh. And I I connected with all the girls there and like my heart just lit up and I was just like rolling around. And I was so excited. And I met Jay, which is Chelsea's boyfriend. And he does wheelchair. Um, um, he fits people and he works for a wheelchair company. So I was like, I was still in a big hospital wheelchair and I was like, I need a new wheelchair. So he actually came to my house um the day after my second life day and I was broken. I was not okay in my head, you know. For everybody who's injured out there, you know, when your life day comes around, especially when you're newly injured, it hurts. It it, it still hurts five years out, you know. Right. Um, I still cried on my life day five years for my five years, you know. Um, you think about everything that you could have done and everything that um, you've lost, you know, and it's hard to cha- change that chain that that train of thought um, unless right. you're really coached with for this. So I had no idea life day, anyways he talked me through it and he just really pushed my dad and my he told my dad like she needs to come to the Rolls Experience like you need to make sure that this happens we're not financially stable um family we're not super rich you know we're very middle class it's not easiest for us to come up with all this money to go to the Rolls Experience um but they did it my family got together and they came up with the money for me to go and it was amazing it was life-changing for me that moment um seeing all the possibilities seeing all the people in person seeing these girls dress up like it was a beautiful experience to be eye level with everyone um that's where I met the Triumph Foundation they saw me in my huge hospital wheelchair still um Jay wasn't able to help me because of my sucky ass insurance and um they were like, "Hey, like, what size are you? We have a wheelchair for you. You know, like, get, let's get our number down." Tom from Live to Roll was there as well, with the founder Andrew, and they got my mom's information and and they really did hook me up with the wheelchair. So that was really life changing for me as well. But um, I, I, was I was the- I was
0: gonna say I couldn't believe that you didn't get like out of a hospital wheelchair until after your second life day, and then I. Didn't fit. <laughs> He wasn't even able to help you because of your insurance. I can't even imagine like going home in in a hospital wheelchair and being stuck in that for two years. That's Mm. crazy. I
2: almost didn't even go into the world's experience because I was just like felt so ugly. And I was like, I don't want to be in this big thing. Like at that point I saw their cute little wheelchairs and I was like, I want to be like them, you know, like they look like they're like, it goes with them, you know, instead of me clunking around in this thing, my legs were at that point bent in from, you know, that the ways that the legs are. I had to like have a pillow behind my back. It was just how, it was just so hard for me. And then there, the Triumph Foundation was just right there that whole time, you know, like where I could have gotten a wheelchair. Like if I was, if I went to rehab at Casa Kalina, I would have gotten a wheelchair before I was even released from the hospital <laughs> um, yeah,
0: yeah I just can't imagine there's any rehab place that would send you home with a hospital wheelchair that's so crazy to me mm-hmm. but thank god you finally finally were able to to connect with the triumph foundation and mm-hmm. uh and they were able to get you squared away that's great yeah
2: life-changing um,
0: yeah, and you know, it's funny, speaking of um, the Push Girls, like uh, Angela Rockwood is a friend of the podcast. I've had her on before and she's she's so awesome. So I know yes. that's, uh, that's- I love that's all of
2: them. Great. To be able to, when I took a picture with them at that Rolls Experience, like words kind of explain the way that I felt. Like I was ecstatic. I think I have a post even on my page, like when I'm just like I was in awe that they were dancing right there in front of me. And it just happened that when I was gonna take a picture, they all linked up at the beginning. So I got to like sit back and let them take picture first and just see them like taking a picture and dancing and like moving all around. And I was just like so happy and excited. Um yeah. And and it was after that night that I really reconnected with god so like i've told this story a couple of times for so sorry for anybody who's already heard it but i feel like this was a very powerful moment inside of my my life and with my relationship with my religion um, so you know after saturday they they all gave awards to people in the community people are up there you know we get to get dressed up go on the red carpet it's all this stuff a whole weekend of of just um getting to know other people on chairs and I went to sleep at night and I started praying my mom was already sleeping. And I was just like, thank you, God, for this experience. Thank you for putting me here. Thank you for letting me meet these people. And then I just stopped and I was like, realized that I was thanking God for this position. And, and I was like, I'm sorry. Like, I felt so like, I'm sorry for not trusting you. I'm sorry for not having faith. I'm sorry for, or losing that because it's so easy and it still makes me emotional because it's like um of course I wish I could go back and have that you know um but I think it's made me definitely stronger it was definitely part of my journey you know um but it was just a, a beautiful moment for me um to be like I see that you did have a reason for it for everything you know I, sh- I should have believed you know instead of just falling apart and breaking down and, and not having any hope like that doesn't that's not good for me, for anybody around me, for the world, like, no, you're never going to find your purpose that way.
0: Oh, that, that's beautiful, Brianna, i I'm, yeah, that's, that's a, that's a very powerful uh, story, you know, and, and moment that you had, for sure, because, yeah, like, it, it can get dark sometimes with this injury, and, and, yeah, just being able to, to with yeah. God. Because like
2: I was that. cursing at God, man, I was angry, you know, and yeah. I was just like, my bad, like, oops, <laughs> sorry about that. sorry about that Uh, little moment but like something that if anybody's struggling with the religion I just want to say that God is strong enough to understand our pain and and he's never said that we can't have doubt in our heart he never said that we can't stray away and have our own choices you know but he definitely loves us and still when we're there when we're ready to open our hearts again to him so I just want to say that for anybody who is still struggling with them their religion or with their relationship with God
0: yeah, that, that's a well put for sure. You know, and so once you got into your chair, um, you know the the Triumph Foundation worked with you. What I guess you know, I know it. I'm still like I do a podcast because I don't want like I'm still like super self conscious about the way I look because of being in a wheelchair and stuff. So I don't put a lot of like my face or my you know pictures of myself out on social media. But you're able. I mean, when when did you kind of? What was it like kind of getting, building your social media presence and following um, and putting yourself out there? Because to me, that takes a lot of courage, right? And it's so, you know, so helpful for the community at large though. So, you know, where, you know, I guess where did that courage come from? When did you start? And and kind of how's that journey been for you?
2: So that was definitely hard. I think one thing that it first started with Southeast, I think a lot of girls, relate to that like a lot of us when we're first getting injured will just take pictures of our face um you know or or our waist up or whatever it is Mm
0: -hmm. which
2: is which is kind of funny when you think about it because we still feel beautiful we just don't feel beautiful with the chair attached we don't feel sexy with the chair attached for some reason there's a stigma around the chair you know all of a sudden you know it's it's like if a beautiful the most beautiful girl in the world the most famous girl in the world you know like fucking sorry i don't mean to cuss no um, like kim kardashian you know she's so stunning if she's all of a sudden sitting that that does that make her ugly does that make her less attractive because she's sitting down it's like no no, but we have this um stigma society in general around disability and around wheelchair users right um so i think that when we get injured there's no, um, you know, we don't have anything to relate to. We don't really understand. The only thing that we can think of is people who are old and sick and weak. And like, that's the kind of only representation that we have, you know, people who need help. Um, So yeah, I started with that. And it was, I have to give credit to, you know, Chelsea and Tamara Mena and, you know, the push girls because they just kept pushing me and kept telling me that I could do this and kept telling me that I was beautiful. And I would go and after that, I went to the world's experience. I got obsessed with the community. I started going to all trying support groups and I started meeting people in, new, in the hospital. And when I got to roll into those rooms and give some light to these people at their darkest moments, you know, and just like help them with the things that I wish somebody would have been able there to help me with in the beginning it's so special and they're looking at me with awe in their eyes because here I am somebody their age and going in there and dressed up and you know they they don't know that that's possible before they see me I show them all these pictures all these social media accounts and I basically just stalk the hell out of them, right? I I message their family, I make sure they're okay. I mm-hmm. any questions that you have, anything like that. And I feel like they really need that because you don't really you don't really understand how hard it is to just talk to a random stranger about your bells and your bladder and about, you know, this and that and not being able to move and you're angry. And it's not easy to even talk to your friends and family about that stuff. Not let alone a stranger that just came in, you know, and so I have to just like really become friends with them, you know, and make them understand that I am here for them and that I do understand. And there's something so powerful about those words. I understand you. And, and really knowing that the person that says that to you really understands you because when you're injured, you get a lot of friends and family that's like, oh yeah, I'm so sorry. Like I get you, you know, blah, blah, blah. But they don't really understand. You don't feel, you feel like, you know, whatever, you know, F you guys, like you guys aren't really getting what I mean, you know, um, going through what I'm going through. And so I think having a community really has inspired me also feeling like I can't be preaching. I can't preach what I'm not doing, you know? Um, I can't be like, yeah, go out there, take pictures, be confident in yourself. You're so beautiful. And then there I am, like not even doing the same thing, you know, Mm -hmm. and like being sheltered and I'm feeling all these things. Like it didn't happen overnight for me. I didn't get dressed up and feel beautiful one day. Like I had to keep doing it every single day. I had to look at myself and tell myself it was beautiful. I had to, you know, build up other girls inside of wheelchairs and be like, you know what? She is hella beautiful. Like, I'm not just saying that, like she's stunning inside of her chair, you know? And like also giving that to yourself and being like, you know, maybe I can be beautiful. Maybe I do need to find a new style. Maybe I need to, you know, move different inside my chair, find a, t- a couple different poses. I always tell girls, do a photo shoot because you're going to learn what looks, g- what you like yourself. Some girls like their legs crossed. Some girls, you know, like, you know, diff- wearing colors, wearing bows in their hair, you know, different mm-hmm. things. Before my injury, never wore um, jewelry, hardly ever wore like, you know, different stuff, like stylish, different things. Like I was just in my own world. And so coming inside of a chair, I was trying to replicate that same style and it didn't look right on me. Standing and sitting styles are very different.
0: Absolutely.
2: (laughs) So yeah, finding your style, that's just helped me too. Getting new clothes, being able to try them on, doing a photo shoot, um,
0: yeah. Gotcha, nice, okay. Um, And so how did you, I guess, get involved in acting and modeling and stuff like that um, after your accident? Like where, where did that all start for you?
2: Um, so acting started with um, the Triant Foundation. They got a request for a, like however many wheelchair users can show up in LA for a scene in Speechless. And they hit us up and they and yeah, I went with a couple other people that were in the Tran Foundation. We all went and there was a lot of us there actually. And I barely even knew anybody that now thinking back, there was tons of Triumph people there, but I only knew like at that point still a very small amount. But, um, from there, I just met some different friends that were into that thing and, and they actually called me back. I was one of the only ones that they kept calling back. So I got called back for another speechless one. And then I got called back there was a couple of bullets that called back for speeches and I got called back for atypical. And then I got, um, I uh,
0: watched it. Were you an atypical? I didn't even,
2: uh, and like a background. I was oh, in background okay. at that point. Yeah. So in Speechless 2, it was more background. I didn't really understand the difference at that point. I was kind of just like going with the flow, you know? I never imagined myself like sparkling lights, my name, you know, me <laughs> on the big screen TV. Like that was not me at all. Really? um And there's some people in, in the community that were in that before and then they got injured, you know, and had to rejoin it. And so there's actually a lot of people that had a lot of like interest in acting before which I think is really cool but I just didn't so it just came super naturally to me I kept getting like really complimented on it I wound up doing like a disability film challenge where I was the main character and I showed up there not knowing my lines not knowing I was the main character and just kind of being like hey here I am to do background you know and they're like no you're supposed to know all these lines and I'm like oh dang so I like I pulled it off though like it wound up being really good and I I love that film so much. So from there I got um, different opportunities and got noticed more. So I started doing more films. Andrew Horn, he um, got me in a couple of different um, challenges. So I did the 48 film challenge where there was tons of competitors and I got nominated. Like it was only like five of us, like in each category I got nominated for best supporting actress um and that was super fun I got to go to the Chinese theater and they got to play my short film like on the movie things screener and, the, and they called like my name out like yeah best supporting actress Brianna Wheeler you know and I was like oh this is of cool you know so like that kind of opened the doors for me and I was like maybe I do want to do this you know maybe like this is a hidden talent that I didn't even think about you know like you know if everybody's telling you that you should do it like why am I to be like no that that wasn't in my plans, not on that route. Like, no, you gotta be open, you know? Um, so yeah, that's what started it for me. And, and I got an agent after that and started doing, um, different auditions.
0: Wow. That's awesome. That's so cool. Uh, you know, and I, I just have a few more questions for you here. I wanted to know, um, you know, I know I've had Sean Fluke on the podcast before, um, after, you know, I know I've seen a few, I had seen a few of his episodes on Live to Roll, um, and just kind of his how to transfer and do all these different things. And then I, I started noticing that um, there's also the women's show every, I guess what, so the the Live to, or the Live to Roll is um, every Tuesday, and then the women's show is the first and third Thursday of the month at three o'clock Pacific or six Eastern. Um, so how did you get started with live to roll um and then where did the women's show come from because i think that's so important what what you're doing on that
2: yeah it's super dope it's been it's been amazing for me and my growing and just my mindset and um i think it's just so cool not everybody has that heart or that instinct to help people um it seems like something so simple but the majority of society does not have it and I'm super super blessed that I love it I love being able to help somebody I'm totally that person that is like rooting for you I want you to shine I want that's why also like that whole acting modeling thing is very hard for me because I'm not very like look at me look at me like Mm -hmm. I'm not very like that so but my personality comes off like that so another thing is I have anxiety that's probably what plays a big part in it I have anxiety so I feel very like you know, don't look at me, but my my personality is very positive and happy. I'm always smiling. So people want to, um, you know, approach me. (laughs) I'm very approachable, which, you know, is hard for somebody with anxiety, but you know, I deal with it. So that's how I kind of get thrown into the center. But anyways, so I love boosting people up. So when they told me that in the Triumph Foundation that I get to go into the hospital, I get to meet these newly people. I started going to different hospitals all over the place and really falling in love with the process. And I started going to the groups all the time and meeting people. And that's where I met Sean at. He was going to one of the Triumph groups as well. He's been involved for a while. And what really drawn me to Sean was we were both smokers. And he had an amazing video on his channel on how to smoke Out of a bong for quads, and that was so cool to me because I was meeting girls that were also stoners, you know. And like, I can only give the knowledge that I know, you know. So I was doing tons of research. I wanted to know all the tricks, not just for paras, but for quads too. I want those quads to know that I am adapting to what they need, that I'm answering the questions that they need, and they're not looking at me like, oh, she doesn't understand what I'm saying because she's para, you know. Um, And I, I felt like that was very very important for me to be able to connect to anybody who was injured, not just fit women my age. And so um I started forwarding that video to to everybody, you know, um to all all the girls. And that was super cool. And then when I saw them in person, I was like, hey, like can I introduce you to some of them? can you show them in person, you know? And like mm-hmm. we just kind of just clicked up. So um yeah I, I connected them with a couple girls that way. And um yeah you sure. know, Stoner,
0: so we so we brought you guys together yeah i was about to I say like stoners it. are really
2: <laughs> friendly so you know we brings everybody together and uh, I love had, it. He, he had me on his podcast and i just totally vibed with them
1: nice.
2: and he just sparked up the, the the thought of being like hey maybe we need a woman like we don't really have a lot of women you know, advocates doing podcasts or just like giving information like this, or, you know, I feel like our community is definitely blooming now, you know, I feel like there's definitely tons, Um, but yeah, this was like at the beginning of COVID, and so um, it was almost a year ago, and um, yeah, I thought it was a great idea. I think it's so cool to be able to bring different personalities and different women on here, and what's been really cool is I really target, you know, people that are not super huge on social media yet like of course those girls are fun to have and to talk to but I really love finding girls that are still you know barely getting out there barely meeting girls barely you know posting pictures because I love watching them bloom I love connecting them to other girls in the in social media it's so hard for some of these girls to just say hey or to you know message somebody else like people who have it naturally, they don't realize how hard it is for people that don't have it naturally, you right. know, how hard it is to get yourself back out there when everything in you wants to shut down, you know, and, mm. like, um, yeah, so, I, yeah, really I know, like,
0: I know you've had Ashley and Nikki on a few times, yeah. like, I love those, those two, they're uh, amazing, yes they're
2: actually one of the ones that I found too so I just found them on social media and I just met I was one of the first people to message them and I just fell in love with them and it was just like hey like that's what I do all the time like um on SEI awareness month or anything like that any hashtags because I realized that sometimes like that's what they do first they kind of hashtag you know and like kind of try to join it that way but they're not really like commenting or reaching out so it's You don't realize how many wheelchair users there are until you start following
0: It's so (laughs) true.
2: Like, this community is so huge that I forget how much like able-bodied people don't understand how big this community is. Like the majority of my feed is wheelchair users. I have to double check when somebody's sitting down if they're a wheelchair user or not because my eye just automatically thinks they're a wheelchair user. <laughs> I
0: mean, whenever anybody likes one of my posts and that I don't recognize, I, I always do that too. If they're sitting down, I'm like, wait, like, go check. Their yeah. Like, are they in a wheelchair yeah. as well? Let me go. It's
2: so hard. So, um, so yeah, they started posting and started hashtagging and I saw their story and I was just like, wow, like, I don't even think they realize
0: how unique their story is. They're, like, well, and they're hilarious. Like, mm-hmm. they are so funny and real and just, like, I think they're, yeah, they're amazing. Yeah,
2: sure. I just fell in love with them and I, I saw their potential and that's why I brought I brought them on the podcast because I was just like you know you guys have a voice you guys are already po- they were already posting their journey which is you know not typical um they're already like super honest and stuff and I was just like I I saw possibilities you know and I just like kept on pushy
1: and it's been
2: amazing it's been amazing that's what I that's what it's all about to even see like them commenting on other people's posts you know and then I went to an LA event and everybody was asking me about them and I was like that's so cool that even the LA people know who they are you know um so yeah, just awesome. building a community within a community. The girls are definitely overpopulated by the guys, so I feel like we definitely need to stick together.
0: Yeah, I think that I think what you're doing is amazing and, and so so needed in the community for sure. Yeah, I wanted I did want to know, Brianna, what what has been the most difficult topic that you've had on your show? Do you think so far? Mm, most
2: difficult topic.
0: Or has there been one that's like been tough to talk about or tough to. Um,
2: I'm sure there has. I mean, I think that the way that we do our podcasts is super like we all go on there trying to be very honest, you know, and share our journey. I have had people, you know, where I have conversations, I set up a phone call and we'll have like conversations with the girls before sometimes just so that since I have so many people on at one time, I like to really like kind of mesh the personalities together. Right. Um, cause I've had, you know, people who don't mesh together and it just kind of gets a little bit crazy. Um, and some of these girls just aren't ready to share their journey. They're not ready to be open and honest. Like, right. You know, they're not ready to, um, to talk about certain things and talk about their journey I mean I couldn't tell my story for a long time before I got injured you know I mean after I got injured it's hard it, it hurts you know it's not something you can control it's it's painful I also relate it to like losing a loved one you have to realize that you lost that person as much as you're still alive the old you you need to grieve the old you died that day right unfortunately that's the way that's the way that has helped me the most look at it because when you have to look at it like this when a loved one passes away everybody accepts it well you know after a while everybody accepts it we have a memorial we all talk about it uh, memories we go to the funeral it's a whole thing that we grieve together when we get injured we deal with everybody being like don't worry. There's going to be a miracle. You're going to walk again. You're going to do all this stuff, you know? And so we have this like hope and possibility of our old self returning. And, you know, even if at that point, after you're paralyzed, your old self returns, which means, you know, maybe you technically can walk again, whatever. Um, you're still never going to be the same again. And you have to accept that, Yeah. you know? And, and I think that's very, 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 very hard for for us to go through as spinal cord injury users, or even people with different disabilities who their um, you know, muscles deteriorate over time. Like it's, it's just hard to accept that you're never gonna be that version of yourself that you dreamt about, that you imagined, that you created goals for. Um, yeah, so I think that that's very, very important to accept and go through the process and write a goodbye letter to yourself. Um,
0: I I was going to ask you about that because I know when I had um, Ashley and Nikki on, I think Nikki had just written, done a post on her YouTube channel about a letter to her able-bodied self. And it was like, I mean, I I laughed and cried and like everything in between. Um, And then I saw that you had done a letter to your newly injured self, I think is what it was. And I thought that was so beautiful as well. And and everybody should sure to check that out. I'll definitely post your your social media links uh, in the, the podcast description. Um, but yeah, I mean, what what was that experience like for you? You know, writing a letter to your your newly I injured. think I
2: did a, both of them. I, I'm I'm. Pretty sure, I did it to my newly injured self, and okay. then I wrote a goodbye letter as well to myself. Okay, okay, so that was um truly healing. I really pushed Nikki to do that, and I pushed all the newly injured girls to do that because I feel like it's so so healing, and you don't really realize how much you want to say before you start writing out, before those feelings start coming. Um, I get goosebumps thinking about it because it's going to be very emotional for you. Um, when somebody passes away, it's not like that hurt goes away, you just learn to live with it you learn to keep going you know and um that's what you have to do so it's like you know like I said you're hoping that person comes back so by writing the goodbye letter you're kind of just you know saying your final words putting that that final post on it and just um saying I love you I think mine was like you know just saying I love you to myself like don't, don't worry like I'm still proud of you um I don't even remember the way I worded it. I think I worded it. Um, remember how much I love you? Who knows? Go look at it. <laughs> um, and then the the one to my newly injured self was very important as well because I was like, you know, I felt like so many newly injured girls could, create, could relate to that. You know, here we are feeling like you're going to be so broken, you know, and it's almost like writing a letter to your younger self, you know, and like just being like, don't worry, stick it out. Like your dreams are going to come true. I know this shit's hard. I know you're going to have a million obstacles and you're going to keep falling down, but it's not about how many times you fall down. It's about how many times you get back up. You got to keep going, you know? And I, and I think that's the most important thing to remember and to tell yourself over and over.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I did want the, my, I guess kind of my last question for you. I, so I was going back through watching some of your, uh, of the the women's show on the Live to Roll channel. And I came across one with um, you and and Ashley and Nikki and I'm blanking on the other girl's name, the young woman who was in it, um, but it was about devotees or whatever. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that like, as if having a spinal cord injury or being disabled (laughs) in some way, isn't hard enough? Like I can't even imagine what women go through dealing with this and uh, having psychos on on uh, social media, like doing weird stuff. Because I was actually I heard you say in that in that video that uh, you were on Ash or on Nikki's um, Instagram live. I w- mm-hmm. I was on there too, and this guy like kept asking her for mm-hmm. f- pictures of her feet. I'm like, what the hell is wrong with you, man? Like, chill out, you know, leave her alone. And this guy just would not stop. And I mean, yeah, like, what is that like for, yeah, you know, a disabled woman having to, de- I mean, because women in general have to deal with, you know, so much shit from, you know, from men and weirdos on online, like that, like, you would think that they would leave, with disabled women alone yeah. or something but I, I was just blown yeah, no away shame. by that.
2: <laughs> yeah it's it's definitely hard so that's a great topic to get into sometimes it's hard to narrow these topics down huh like as a host yeah. there's so many great I, topics to talk about.
0: <laughs> yeah there's I swear I could keep you on for hours after I know I know this, I like, feel the yeah. same
1: way
2: this is a great one so yeah I when I found out at the beginning, I was almost disgusted. I was like, what do you mean? Like, how can you be attracted to the parts like that have ruined my life? You know, like that I struggle with so much, like, and obsess over it and get off on it like I want you to think I'm beautiful not just me but in general disabled girls want you to think that they're beautiful because they're beautiful they want you to like their personality they want you to care they don't want you to like their wheelchair or the way that they struggle like that is offensive to a lot of us and and I don't think it's just offensive to just disabled girls. I think it's offensive to girls in general. Girls get, you know, um, objectified by their looks and by their bodies all the time. So it's like, that's that first attraction, you know, uh, that sometimes guys can be a little obsessive over, you know, and not society. I I relate it back to society. You know, Um, sometimes I try not to nitpick to these people so much individually, because I feel like they weren't taught right. Um, society in general is not taught right. It doesn't make it right. Um, we should still correct them, but a part of me does feel sorry for them. You know, yeah. I do feel bad. And I do feel like there's two different groups, which is something else I talked about on my podcast. I feel like there's that group that is ashamed and our secret lurkers and secret like supporters of us, and we'll just be like, you're beautiful, you know, and just like kind of like that. Um which at the beginning, it's still a little creepy, let me just say, but, you know, we kind of get used to it over time, we kind of just accept that that comes with the territory, which sucks to say, but then there's, like, the guys that are just the ones on Nikki Live, like, that is so obsessive, like, how dare you come on here when I'm talking about my life, or I'm talking about a traumatic event, and tell me all these crazy things like even on the roulette slide like you will be like seeing marriage requests nice tits, all these crazy ass comments and it's like do you hear the words that we're speaking or are you just like looking at us like we are objects you know and that's where we get a little frustrated we're like whoa 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 you know like reel it back like not the time or the place, like, come on. If I had an fans and I was promoting that, by all means, say whatever the hell you want. If I'm on my personal page, if I'm talking about my journey, if I'm talking about my life, if I'm just trying to be a person, don't be disgusting. No girl in this whole universe is gonna see your comment and be like, oh yeah, that's the guy I wanna be with. That, that sounds like a great guy to, to go and comment back to. <laughs> like, no, we're repulsed by that. Like, that's not the way to get a girl. <laughs>
0: you know and i saw or you know, i heard on that on that show too nikki was uh, i was talking about how she helps ashley um, you know, do transfers and that they wanted to show the video of that, but then they were like, we're going to have all the weirdos out making comments. And then the other young lady you had on there was saying that like her boyfriend helps her do everything and, you know, or, uh, quite a few things. So, you know, she's like, I don't want to put that out there either because yeah, you know, I'd love to show a picture or a video of how I transfer, but I don't want these weirdos coming out and making all kinds of ridiculous comments and, and DMing me and whatever. I think all of you guys were talking about how guys send you dick pics all the time. I mean, it's like, I can't even imagine like dealing, I mean, yeah, dealing with this injury is hard enough that, and then I was like questioning my, I'm like, damn, like, I'm asking about like, you know, the struggles that you had like at the beginning of these podcasts are always like, you know what was the struggle you went through first before mm-hmm. now you're doing all these amazing things and I'm like should I not be like focusing on that because like there <laughs> maybe there's some weirdos creeping in listening to my podcast getting off on mm-hmm. you know young ladies that are struggling with with this injury and I, mm-hmm. it, it's just a it's a wild world that we live in now here yeah,
2: it's definitely hard to separate the two right we want to advocate we want to be there for the community but it's like it's hard to to separate it on social media you know and like not only that do we have to deal with, but we also have to deal with the ignorant ass comments from able-bodied people, which is almost as annoying, let me just say. Like, it is really annoying because it's like, They're saying things and it's offensive to us, you know, at least with the guys, we can kind of like be like, okay, they're weirdos, you know, but when there's people out there in this world that really believe the things that they have the nerve to comment underneath a disabled person's post or somebody trying to advocate's post is mind blowing to me. It's disgusting to me. I don't, I, I don't understand what possesses them to start typing away on their phone like they are just trying to be funny there's this whole internet troll thing that I just think is so disgusting and that honestly prevents me from really like posting every day and really wanting to blow up on social media I don't know if I would be able to handle it I don't I get offended for other girls and I really honestly don't know how I would be able to do it personally um I think about it all the time yeah
0: yeah it's a it's a sad I I mean that that's so sad but I I am you know everything that you're doing is is amazing and I you know I know that not only for myself but I know everybody in the in our community is is got to be thankful for for what you're doing and uh, appreciate it it's been super cool this
2: year to just kind of see that bloom It was the first time that I got to go out really in the community for the Triumph Sports Festival and just see everybody. And I'm a people person. Like it just lit my heart out to hear people like I got advice from me. I love the podcast. You know, you're doing so great. I got the Balance Babe Award, which was only one person at the Rolls Experience. And hearing my story with the Rolls Experience before, you can imagine how powerful and amazing that was for me to then be three years later. And me being the only girl in the room and Chelsea being up on that stage talking about me. And, you know, me hearing my name be called and them just um, appreciating, you know, my heart, like that means so much because if I would have never got out of that bed, if I would have never kept fighting, none of this would have happened. I wouldn't have met Sean, you know, I wouldn't have gotten these amazing opportunities and you know, then Triumph gave me a car, like, shortly after I got the Founders Babe Award, so they just really wanted to say, they don't give cars out to everybody, you know, like, they really just wanted to say thank you for everything I've been doing for their company and for this community, and, like, those are little things that do not go unnoticed for me. It it fires me up so much, it makes me so excited to keep on educating and keep on meeting people, and unfortunately, this injury is going to keep happening, and all I can do is, is share my journey and share my story and hope that by sharing my journey, it helps you with your journey.
0: It's an amazing thing you're doing for, for all of us. So, um, the one last thing I always ask everybody at the end of these, uh, interviews, like, do you, have you found any kind of like outside the box health tips, like maybe not so mainstream that, um, over the last five years of your injury that you can suggest for people to try out or Hmm. anything like that? I hate to I, put you on the spot.
2: but no, I know. <laughs> I'm like, this is all that question I would like to think about. No, yeah, it's <laughs> <mind well. laughs> no, no, it's not <laughs> good. I think that UTIs are very important to keep track of. Um, well, unfortunately, you cannot eat and drink. I don't feel like like the same things that you could before you have to learn your body again and what your body can accept. Your bowels are not going to work the same. Your bladder is not going to work the same. And so you can't just go rogue and be like, whatever, I'm going to be, I'm going to just drink and eat, whatever. You really have to learn what your body needs and reacts to. Um, So personally for me, I had to cut down on juices, soda, um, you know, spicy stuff, all that. Um, And I really have to drink a lot of water, And I do drink coffee, but I just make sure that I balance it out with water, that I'm flushing my catheter. Um, You can get flushes, which are like little saline things that help keep your catheter clean as well. I would suggest flushing it out every once in a while. Um, And just staying very consistent on that. Because what the thing is, is that it's very easy to ignore, but it can cause very extreme um, problems later on. You know, like you're still going to need your kidneys. You're always going to have this problem. So you have to think about, oh, if I'm going to grow old and I'm going to be inside of a chair, um, or let's say, you know, you're not going to be inside of a chair. I know there's people that are working towards that as well. Um, if that's the case, I have a friend that got her walking back and still has problems using the bathroom you know, so something to think about. Um, I think yeah. it's very important to get out over control. Also pressure sores, do your pressure reliefs. I think that's so, so, so important. Um, it can be embarrassing. It can make um, you feel like attention being drawn to you, but your body needs that. You're not in movement anymore. You have to be switching your weight because it's just, you have to think your skin's just getting thinner and thinner and thinner and thinner and, thinner, and it's just going to create an overwhelming problem, which both of mm-hmm. these things, technically you could die from if it gets too bad. So I'm just, yeah. you know that, that would definitely be my health tips right
0: there perfect well brianna wheeler thank you so much for coming on the show i i can't yeah i had such a great time getting to know you and yeah we'll definitely have to catch up again down the road
2: yeah for sure thank you so much i wish you all the luck on your podcast i love it so much love what you're doing in the community as well keep grinding um thank you so much for listening everyone talk to you soon
0: all right talk to you soon thanks all right, that was Brianna Wheeler. I definitely appreciate her coming on the show. Such an inspirational, just... It, her energy is so positive and... and infectious. Yeah, infectious for yeah. sure. Yeah, It was great. Yeah, I really enjoyed uh, speaking with her, and I'm sure we'll we'll connect with her again down the road. So I hope everybody in, enjoyed it as well. And, and yeah, we will... Uh, I'll put some links to, to the live to roll show and to you know i i think that the women's show is um on the same youtube channel as as the live to roll so we'll we'll connect you guys with those in the comments and yeah man i'm just i'm i'm in awe of brianna for sure
1: yeah yeah i i think she's a well-spoken and she has a great message out there you know uh, talking about um you know how she i think everybody goes through this who has any faith you know Um, In God, You know, it doesn't matter what your religion is. I mean, there's dark times and you just wonder, like, why did you abandon me? You know, part of that. Yeah. And then, you know, how it came around to her. Right. So and I think she realized that maybe he didn't, you know, for those that are religious, that, you know, he was always there. But, you know, you just had to sometimes take those initiatives and be in the right place at the right time, Mm -hmm. you know, and uh, I think it's pretty inspirational that her family got together to help her out. You know, yeah. You know, which is amazing because there's a lot of people um, that don't have the money, like she said. You know, but when they all pulled together, you know, they made it happen for her. Yeah,
0: so, and like just yeah, like the joy in her voice of like yeah. Um, you you to, could tell uh, she was
1: so appreciative of yeah, everything everybody's done
0: exactly, and getting to meet the Push Girls and yeah, um, who you know Angela Rockwood is one of them, one of the Push Girls, and so that's you know it's such a small. It's really a small world especially in this in, in this uh community of people with spinal cord injuries it's you know we're we're you're no no two injuries are the same but we're all going through it right yeah. so yeah exactly you know, it's good to, it's and it, it was it was like you could hear her kind of choke up though when she was saying after she got to go experience um the Rolettes in los angeles when she figured out they were down in la yeah down the street and right she's like oh my, yeah she like yeah she was she was totally choked up like when she's like when i got home that night i'm in bed and um just praying and thanking god yeah. that, that he was able to even though i still felt so angry with him that i was like so happy that i got to have that experience and i was just uh blown away so she's she's an amazing woman and like the thing about not getting a wheelchair other than just oh, a yeah. hospital chair for two I know, years i know yeah oh man
1: well i like the um you know she has that self-realization like um you know um i'm not pretty anymore right because i have this this device no, she so. was, yeah she was yeah. saying i
0: we all think we're pre- pretty we all still feel pretty, pretty but we only want to take a picture of our uh, selfie like of our face yeah and- yeah and I completely understand that. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like I, because I, I. Well, you her. are pretty. You uh, are I know. Pretty. I'm fucking gorgeous, <laughs> so, man. Don't so. don't worry. I know. I'm, but but <laughs> yeah,
1: but yeah yeah. I mean that whole you know those are things that able bodied people that have never been injured probably never even think about right. You know, mm-hmm. um. So, but now all of a sudden you're redefined by your chair, right? You know, right. and how do people perceive you? And I, you know, you, I just don't think of it that way um never thought of that because i've never been in that situation but when she talks about it it becomes really real for you you know and it was a great interview yeah you know thanks we don't need to (laughs) to beat it to death but yeah she was fantastic
0: yeah it was great so uh next week we're gonna have on uh, i read this article about a a doctor from texas a&m who's a researcher at texas a&m university uh, he, his name's Dylan McCready, he's from the McCready lab there, and they're, they're working on, they just got like a $1.9 million NIH uh, grant, grant so that they can study neut- neutrophils, I believe is how you pronounce it, and those are basically the body's response to an injury, it's kind of the first thing that shows up to a spinal cord injury. And they're trying to figure out how much, how to control them, basically, to not cause inflammation in the spinal cord, um, because that's where a lot of the, I mean, that's where 90% of the damage comes from. And so they're working on that. And then they're also, in, in his lab, they do some kind of state-of-the-art imagery to map out, that it's going to be able to help map out the spinal cord, which is, um, you know, I I've already done the interview I talked to him about it and I told him like hey you know like having done this podcast for so long it seems like the recurring theme is that uh, inflammation scar tissue and imaging are the three biggest obstacles when it comes to figuring out how to heal the spinal cord or, or fix the spinal cord so uh, I had a great conversation with him He's coming up next week Should be a great, great interview And then uh, in a couple of uh, weeks We have uh, Professor Stupp from Northwestern yep. Who's uh, working on another very interesting study And, and I got yeah, we got some good guests lined up And, and uh, today was no different So I uh, yeah, appreciate Brianna coming on again And yeah, hope everybody enjoyed it Yeah. All right. Until next week, guys, we will uh, talk to you then.
1: Yeah. Have a good week.
0: All right.